Hey, hey, this is Coach AA, and welcome to the July 4th edition. Three things for today, starting with flailing your arms wildly, and then we have three quotes after missing out on last week, and then the final one is a note a student of mine sent me on the power of simply showing up. All right, let's get on with it. This one's called, thrash your arms about like you just don't care. My first experience of learning swimming was back in sixth standard when uh, I moved to a new school and well, the school had a swimming pool. Back then it was a pretty big deal. And day one of swimming, well, they literally push you into the deep end, right? And when you don't know swimming, you panic and you sink to the bottom and yeah, it's horrifying, right? And uh, you flail your arms about and you thrash about and it just makes things worse. You just sink like a stone. And well, I had a couple of my classmates who knew to swim, pull me out of the water, and then we did it again. It was uh, horrible. Now the thing is, you can learn to stay afloat just by, you know, cycling or paddling your arms and legs. And from flailing widely, you get into that pattern and you learn not to panic. Well, you kind of get graceful at that pattern. It's actually a great, great exercise because it's extremely inefficient. But it's not really swimming. And losing that panic being comfortable in water, well, it actually comes when you learn to swim, when you know you can do this. And after that, this cycling underwater or on top of water to stay afloat comes, up, comes about so much easier because you know you're not gonna sink or even if you sink, you just need to calm down, push the bottom of the pool away and you rise back up. Meaning, we need to learn to swim. Right? As graceful as we might get at cycling under, on, in the water, it's only when we learn to swim, when we learn to breathe, when we learn to propel ourselves, when we learn to locomote, do we you know, actually change our mindset about how or what happens in a swimming pool. What I mean is we should never confuse a graceful freestyle stroke with wildly flailing our arms about, even if we stay afloat, because that's not swimming. So what does that mean? Well, I think this applies across the board to any skill. And let's stick to my area of expertise, lifting weights or eating better. Just because you know, you've lifted your couch or your dining table or a chair, 
does not mean you know to lift them well. Or it does not mean you utilize your body and put it under a reasonable amount of stress for it to grow. And just because you've dumped food into your mouth all your life, does not make you an expert in knowing what to eat. I believe we've all learned to flail. We've all learned to thrash our arms about and kind of, sort of stay afloat. We might have even convinced ourselves that we're rather decent at it. But I don't think we know a proper stroke. I still see instances of people just flailing wildly, trying insane diets, ridiculously low calorie intake, removing a macronutrient like, a, like carbs or fats because they think that's the enemy, doing boot campish workouts, throwing the kitchen sink at them every day, yelling, no pain, no gain. I don't think there's any awards for doing that. And more importantly, you're not getting stronger. You're not getting better. What is getting stronger or getting better? Are you and your body recovering well? Are you slightly better today than you were yesterday? And that's about it, right? So while there are many methods, many different schools of thought, you need to learn a stroke. Until you do, from the outside, it seems magical when you see a graceful swimmer. And then once you are that graceful swimmer, you realize it's not a big deal. Same way, learn to lift weights with proper technique, follow a training plan, eat more vegetables, drink more water, and that's about it. You don't need to do crazy things at all. Do the simple things for 150 out of the next 200 days. Cool things will happen. And that's that. Let's go on to the three quotes for this week. The first one by Bruce Lee. Instead of opposing force by force, one should complete an opposing movement by accepting the flow of energy from it and defeat it by borrowing from it. This is the law of adaptation." End quote. Now, while this sounds like something pertinent only to the martial arts, you know, where you see people flipping other people over by using the forward momentum of the opponent, I think this is a relevant and powerful strategy in life as well. When we oppose force with force, when we try to push away a thought, when we, yeah, just go against the grain without understanding or accepting what is, things don't go well. The opposing movement is a hint. We can use the opposing force. Sometimes we don't need to fight it. Sometimes we just need to let go. Meaning if something is hard to do, something is something you're struggling with, sometimes you need to struggle and move past, but sometimes that struggle is a hint. 
Is this something you should be doing? Yeah, it's always confusing, yeah? All right, the second one from James Clear. The first mistake is never the one that ruins you. It is the spiral of repeated mistakes that follows. Missing once is an accident. Missing twice is the start of a new habit. James is one of those guys I wish I had read many years ago, along with Derek Sivers. Through my own process of self-experimentation, I've devised my own methods, but well, these guys are obviously onto a similar track, a similar wavelength, and they've shown it with so many people. Josh Hillis is another guy that comes to mind. So how I look at this is as a guideline to myself. There are certain things I like to do daily, I want to do daily, I enjoy it. For example, let's say reading. I want to spend at least 30 minutes a day reading or stretching. It is, it is a big deal if I skip, but it is also not a big deal if I skip. But the simple guideline I have is if I skip today, I am doing it tomorrow. It doesn't matter how hard it is going to be. Today, there's no pressure. I want to enjoy it. There's no, oh, you have to do it or else bust or that. I don't do it with that mentality. But something happened today. I'm going to ensure that whatever happens tomorrow, I'm going to do this activity. It's not yet second nature, but this guideline helps me. Uh, a relevant example is I skipped doing this podcast last week, but following my own guideline, don't skip this week. That's it. Simple. The final one, this one is by Andy Grove, who uh, was the third CEO of Intel. And he says, there are so many people working so hard and achieving so little, end quote. I haven't read Andy's work yet, but I've read off of him by other people who worked with and under him. To me, this quote, maybe I might be taking it out of context, but how or what it strikes a card about is, you know, if 40 hours are not enough, I don't think 80 hours is the answer. Or if 80 hours is the answer, well, that's not going to be my answer. I think I need to find a different answer. Don't get me wrong. Hard work is the key. Consistency, of course. But work is infinite. The better you do, the more work you will end up creating for yourself. Even if you have other people, even if you build a, a team for it. Because what's going to happen? You're going to have to teach your team delegation. You're going to grow your team. So essentially, work, if you do work well, is 
going to be infinite. And time is finite. So I think the key is to figure out what work to do with the finite time, rather than trying to make a finite concept like time more infinite or doubling it. All right, that's that. On the last one, on the power of showing up. This is a message that a student of mine sent across. Let's call them WB. They've been having a hard time both personally and professionally for the last, I want to say, three-ish years. To me, it's just a number, but imagine three years of stuff not being straightforward at home and at work. And they've been a champ in dealing with it in their own way. Of course, it's not easy. Of course, it was not simple. And I was privy only to snippets of it here and there whenever we would connect. But dealing with that burden every day is obviously a whole different deal. So at the start, when they were going through something, we spoke, we decided that, you know what, let's not add more stress to stress. And taking time off from training was what we agreed to. But at the same time, can you just make sure you do some physical activity? It can be as simple as walking. Because it's not just about the activity. I mean, it makes you feel good, sure. But it's also a, a way to de-stress, right? It's also a time for you. And then, early last year, they started talking about coming back to training. And rather than set any goals, we agreed, you know what, just show up. That's it, right? That's the quad mantra. So they showed up. Now, the thing is, whenever you come back after taking a break from training, it feels difficult. Why? Well, because you come in with your ego. You come in with a few expectations. For example, I can press the 24 kilo bell easily. I squat, blah, 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 whatever. And so that's something you've defined, something is heavy, something is light, this is what I do. And so with all this hanging around your neck, you come in and let's say you try to lift the 24 and of course it's gonna feel much heavier than you remember. And you beat yourself up. You lose motivation. You're like, oh my God, this is so heavy. How does it matter? Instead of constricting yourself or defining yourself based on what you lift, just let it be. You're not what you lift. Of course, it's useful to have goals. It's useful to have numbers. But isn't it obvious if you take a few months off of doing something, it's going to be hard to come back. And then you come back to it in a few months. There it is. It never left you. Personally, I learned a lot from this note and my 
conversations with WB, how they handled the past few years. I'm going to read their note, obviously. I've gotten their permission. So here it is. Hey, coach. Just wanted to share this with you. I recovered, and I'm doing fine. In fact, I was feeling better from the seventh day onwards. But till then, it felt as though someone was driving, my, driving over my body with a road roller. The only symptom I had was fever and body pain, and my chest CT showed zero effect of COVID in my lung. I think the effort that I put in in the last five quarters has played a huge role in getting my body to a state where it could fight the virus. It is very prophetic because the last five quarters were ones where I struggled every class to finish and was just able to barely survive. Mentally, I was so disconnected that most days I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just doing something because the coach said so. But I did that for five quarters and unknowingly got my body to a state where it had the ability to withstand this sledgehammer of a virus. Now comes the most important part. Both my mother and grandmother tested positive on my seventh day. And by then, I could focus all my energy on attending to them, which was very, very demanding as both had to be hospitalized, but I was able to functionally move and get work done for them. And I think it is all thanks to those five quarters." End quote. I think a lot of this has to do with our mental stance as well. Right? Imagine showing up for five quarters while sucking, while struggling, while being unable to mentally zone in fully. Now, it doesn't mean you zone out and do random stuff, but you stay disciplined, you stay well within your boundaries, and that's what they did. Now, I'm sure all of you have done it too, maybe for a week, maybe for a month, the point is that timeline is irrelevant. If it takes you five quarters, it takes you five quarters. How does it matter? And when they talk about how they think this, these five quarters played a huge role in being able to fight the virus, now, obviously there's no, there's no data from my end about physical training and all of it. Yeah, all that's, all, that, all that's already out there. That's not even where I want to go with this. I just think anything we do with that mental resilience, with I am doing something for myself and I'm going to try to feel better, that plays a huge role. Showing up for five quarters, even though you have every excuse to not be able to show up, that builds resilience in you. Of course, lifting weights has good 
side effects in making you healthier or more resilient and all that. But there's just one small part. There's just so much more to showing up, fighting through your plateaus, staying on your plateau for way longer than you possibly think you can. And I think all of that was what WB built up. They just became a much stronger person able to deal with things by just letting them be and taking it as it comes. I found this hugely inspiring and I hope you do as well. And with that, we're done with this week's episode. Thanks for listening. I will see you next Sunday. You have a good one. This is Coach AA signing off.